You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. What's good, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. A ton to get to very quickly. We got a jam-packed episode for you guys here today. We'll get to another big Jets win over the Calgary Flames. Paul Maurice is beacon back at the media. He's got some things to say. But first, the 55th Super Bowl is this weekend. And a game this big deserves a big prize, not just some lame-ass trophy. And DraftKings, the official daily fantasy sports partner of Super Bowl 55, has up to $55 million in total prizes up for grabs with their Super Bowl prediction pool. How's that for big? All you have to do to get your share of these huge prizes is enter DraftKings' free Super Bowl prediction challenge. Once you submit your picks, you'll get a free instant prize up to 25K. And if you have the most predictions correct, you could also win the top prize of a million bucks. Download the app now, enter the free prediction challenge, answer questions like who'll score last, and boom, get ready to make it rain. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to its players. That's billion with a B, by the way. Since 2012, so yeah, they know a thing or two about big paydays. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN to enter the free $55 million Super Bowl prediction challenge. Everyone gets an instant prize up to $25,000 just for playing. So use promo code THPN now and enter the free $55 million Super Bowl challenge only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55. Terms, conditions, and eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. So we'll get to the Jets-Flames game, the most recent one at least, Thursday night's 3-1 victory. And later on in the show, really pumped to bring this to you guys, former Blue Bomber legend, longtime CFLer, Obi Khan stopped by to join the show, talked about shawarma Khan, talked about green carrot. He's actually got a, a hangover cure for any of you that might be interested, myself included. And also his new business venture, Good Local, just a, a, a great thing that he's put together there to help highlight local business here in the city and to make sure, you know, none of the big chains, none of the big companies are taking our money. Everything's staying right here in Manitoba. But I do want to give a shout out to Ray my cousin Ray 
and the fire department that he's a part of out there in Cowtown. Big shout out to you guys. Thanks so much for listening. Razor's an absolute beauty, by the way. I should mention this though, Ray, because I know that you're interested in, in how it went. My spinal fusion surgery was a success after I had to carry your ass over at the Pine Ridge Golf Tournament all 18 holes last year. <laughs> I don't know if that actually happened. I, I, I probably wasn't very good. Razor's a pretty good golfer, but he's an absolute beauty. So thanks to Ray and the fire department out there in Calgary. Thank you so much for keeping the community out there safe. Unfortunately, you had to watch that Flames performance last night against the Winnipeg Jets. You know, it, it just, I, I was kind of expecting a little more out of Calgary this year, to be honest. And, you know, it's not even the big dogs that are struggling right now for the Flames. It's everybody else that's not, you know, picking up the mail so far. Like, Johnny Gaudreau has been absolutely on fire to start the year. Elias Lindholm also has been great down the middle. And Matthew Kachuk's been Matthew Kachuk. Sean Monahan's been pretty good as well. But it's basically been everybody outside of the highest paid players that just aren't providing anything. There's there's no depth scoring. I mean, Dave Riddick has been awful, although it's only been two games, but he hasn't been very good either. Like they're just getting they're getting no scoring. And and that's what's killed them right now because Jacob Markstrom has been really, really good so far this season. Maybe the best goalie in the entire NHL, to be honest, with the amount of time that he's played. But We'll break down this Jets game quickly, and then we have to get into the Paul Maurice comments a few days ago in support of his captain. I liked some of it. I didn't agree with some of it as well, and so I'll break down, I I guess, where things are and and where it's going to be moving forward. But last night's game for the Jets, in my opinion, I thought it was, you know, when you take into account the opponents, I thought it was their best game this season. They, for the most part, kind of smothered the Calgary Flames through the first 40 minutes at least. And then I think they, you know, sat on that lead in the third a little bit, but they didn't offer Calgary a whole lot in, in terms of clean looks towards the net. And to only give up 24 shots here in Winnipeg, that feels nice. It, it feels like it's been a long time to have a shot count going the other way that low, but they were disciplined. They were inside their lanes. They, they I mean, I, I didn't see a whole lot of cross-eyes passes being given up. There were some some hiccups here and there, but for the most part, I, I just thought the Jets, you know, positionally played as well as they have in a long time. And I, yeah, I just I love the disciplined approach five on five. And, and you know what? You noticed a little bit of heightened intensity, and I think a big part of that was the Paul Maurice Blake Wheeler comments. But you noted a heightened intensity from Blake Wheeler himself. And it kind of trickled down to the rest of the roster there. I mean, even Kyle Connor makes a great defensive play on, on his goal, right? <laughs> That's when you know the team's playing great defensively, when Kyle Connor makes a standout play. And my God, I, outside of Connor McDavid and, and maybe uh, one or two others, I don't know if there's another guy in the NHL I'd rather have on a breakaway than Kyle Connor. It's just not fair to move that fast. I mean, the, the speed's one thing, but the hands when you're going full tilt like that, he's something special. Like, he is just an absolute scoring machine. Two other things quickly that just stood out from that game. Number one, the ice time leader over the past two games so far up front has been Andrew Kopp. Andrew Kopp, now he didn't get on the score sheet. Wasn't for a lack of opportunities for his line, I didn't think. But Andrew Kopp is, is turning into something kind of special here in Winnipeg. Paul, I mean, obviously, Paul Maurice trust him the most he's getting some power play time he I mean he and Adam Lowry are the shutdown duo for this team when it comes to shorthanded play and then when there's a couple minutes left in the game the Jets are holding a lead Andrew Cobb is also one of the three one of the three forwards that's out there so 
I mean, just, just an absolutely outstanding season for number nine. And even when Pierre-Luc Dubois does come into the lineup for the first time, I don't see a way Andrew Cobb shifts out of the top six. He's just been way, way too valuable for the team. But the continued trend as well on the back end, Pionk and Forbert continue to be this team's top pairing. Five-on-five time. Actually, Derek Forbert led all skaters yesterday in time on ice. And I thought Neil Pionk had an absolute whale of a game. I thought he was outstanding last night. That was his best. You know, Derek Forbert, his partner, has had some some pretty big standout games, but I thought that was Neil Pionk's best game. Plus, he's going out of his way, seemingly in these Flames games, to take run after run at Matthew Kachuk, and, and Kachuk was getting a little pissed off about it, too. So that's always fun to see. I know Jets fans love that. Now, before we get to the Obi Khan interview, we got to talk about the big story this week. Maybe the big story in the NHL. Paul Maurice's comments, sticking up for his captain, Blake Wheeler. So I'll get to the part that I liked first. And and I guess just quite simply sticking up for your captain, because you know, the players in that room were absolutely jacked to hear Paul Maurice, take it to the media to go after those guys, go after the analytics nerds. Like he's taking shots after shots, after shots all over the place to stick up for the leader of the team. And that like, that's awesome. That's great. And that's, that definitely goes a long way in the room. And I think it played a, you know, a pretty decent part in, in Wheeler having one of his better games of the season in his own half of the ice. And I think the team responded pretty well to it on top of that. And I, and I get a coach wanting to stand up for his player, especially when he thinks maybe that he's being unnecessarily or harshly criticized. But here's the thing too, just because Blake Wheeler works and trains hard and has given a lot to this organization, no one's taking that away from him. He's not above criticism either. Like the media, the fans, like they're allowed to criticize somebody's play if their play on the ice warrants it. And Blake Wheeler's play this season so far has not been very good. Like it's okay to say that. It's not an assault on Blake Wheeler's character or who he is as a person or who he has been as a player. It's just the facts. You're allowed to point that out. So there's, there, there's some things that Paul Maurice said that I just had a big problem with and to take a shot, you know, he, and look, he is right in a sense too about analytics where, you know, maybe sometimes people are, are too strong in their opinion on what the numbers say. I, I do get that, but it, it's not like, you know, Blake Wheeler's kind of just, just below the break even point or something like that, right? Where, oh, he's at 48% in this category, this category, therefore he's awful. Like, I think there's a, a little bit of leeway between between those areas. But there's a Twitter account, Evolving Wild, who do some great work on Twitter. For example, they have Blake Wheeler so far, by performance, one of the worst players in the NHL this season. You look at basically any numbers out there, he's been one of the worst forwards in the NHL this season. And if you go by eye test, just by watching him, nobody's going to say that he's been playing well so far. So again, there's just this disconnect, I think, at least for Paul Maurice. And look, Paul Maurice chooses his words carefully when he speaks with the media. I I think he knows that Blake Wheeler has struggled to start the year and he's just going out of his way to defend his captain. Plus on top of it, like there's a lot of pressure a on Paul Maurice this year to get this team into the playoffs or else I think his job is in jeopardy. So Paul Maurice is under a ton of pressure, a ton of heat right out of the get go. But the other thing too, is that with the Patrick line, a trade, Maybe for the first time, a lot of heat is coming in on the leadership 
portion of this team on Blake Wheeler and what he's like in the room and, and Paul Maurice, if he's let the dressing room get out of control, if he hasn't corralled his, his, his team, his personalities, as well as he maybe could have. So I, I think that's why there's a bit of a snippy response from Paul Maurice there. I, I do love the, you're beaking my captain, man. Like there's a lot of TO vibes. That's my quarterback. That's my captain. Like I, I do. I like there, there's some serious shirt t-shirt potential with your beacon, my captain, man, I'm offended by it, but I, I do truly believe that as long as you're being fair and honest about what's going on out there on the ice, you're allowed to criticize players. This is the big leagues, right? These guys get paid a lot of money. Blake Wheeler gets paid more than anybody on this team. And if he's not having a great start to the season, he's allowed to be criticized. Now, also having said that just because he's having a bad start to the season doesn't mean he's a bad player. I mean, he, uh, Blake Wheeler didn't have a great start to the season last year. By the end of it, you know, he was one of the more valuable contributors to the team, basically a point a game, worth a contract, all that. So you, ha- you have to give him a fair bit of leeway. I think that's fair to say as well. But let's just hope that moving forward, Blake Wheeler has a much, much better, you know, final 45 games of the year as opposed to his first 10. All right. Well, I teased it a little bit earlier. We'll get to the plates portion of the podcast. It's time to bring on a Blue Bomber legend. Very pleased now to be joined with the owner of ShawarmaCon, Green Carrot, and good local here in the city, Mr. Aubie Khan. Aubie, how's it going today? I'm good, Matt. No one's called me Mr., but I'll take it. Yeah, I don't know why I threw that in there, but I, I guess I guess it's just a sign of respect. You know what it probably is? I want to give you big props because I work with a former teammate of yours, and he's been saying forever, every time we talk about ShawarmaCon, to try the Westwood. Troy Westwood for years has been trying to get his own special on the menu. And I just, I want to say thank you so much for not feeding the animal and making sure it didn't make it to your menu. Yeah, no, there'll be no kickers on my menu ever. <laughs> um, I love Troy and Troy eats like a horse, but uh, as far as kickers go, I mean, uh, I'll have to pass on that one. Very good. I appreciate that. So we'll start off with a look at Shorbacon. And I know just doing some research here that during your retirement press conference, you mentioned about opening up ShawarmaCon, and I was just wondering, was owning a restaurant something that you thought of like more so at the end of your playing career, or had that always been a goal for you? you no, know, I think it came really uh, to fruition at near the end of my career. Eight years, nine years, you know, your clock's ticking in professional sports. So <laughs> I was kind of thinking the last couple of years, man, i got to have an exit strategy. What's my exit going to be? Um, and yeah, I threw around a bunch of different ideas. Uh, ultimately, I landed on ShawarmaCon. You know, and Winnipeg's a small market, and people kind of knew me, right? I'm a big six foot four, three hundred and ten pound East Indian guy walking around, so <laughs> people knew me. I developed a lot of goodwill in the city. So I said, what if I can open something and people will come to me? And you know, I looked at uh, you know clothing stores, uh, various service industries, and ultimately I landed on Shorma Con. I mean, I love food, I love Shorma, and there was a real gap here in Winnipeg. So I said, maybe I can do something with that. Were you into cooking as a youngster? God, no. I, no. Hate, I, I don't <laughs> hate cooking. I should say that. Uh, thank God I own restaurants because I can't cook at all. So, I, you know, I put a lot of time and effort in with some help, uh, you know, polishing the recipes. But once those are done, I think I eat shawarma six days a week, and it would be seven if we weren't closed on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> well, then, so tell us what, what's the process like, or I, I guess maybe more so when you first started. 
Did you hire a chef or a team? How did you come up with these recipes then? Yeah, so I was lucky. My uh, One of my oldest friends, best friend, uh, and he actually played guard with me in high school and junior. Uh, Joel ended up going on to be a culinary chef, and he's Lebanese. So when I was throwing around the idea, I said, Joel, uh, I want to open up a shawarma restaurant. Can you help me out? He said, I'd love to. So, you know, being Lebanese background, his mom makes a lot of this stuff. So he flew out to Winnipeg here for a couple months with me and really helped me polish off the recipes and teach me everything. And, uh, you know, the rest is history, as they say. Awesome. So is it, would you say more Lebanese? Because I know your background is Pakistani. Is it, is it more like Lebanese Correct. shawarma? Yeah, you know, it's evolved over time. So when we first started, it was really Lebanese. Um, but we've kind of evolved and put my own little spin on it. Some of the spices we use might be a little bit more East Indian. Uh, but it, it's very Middle Eastern still, true to its calling. With a little dialed down, right? It's also appealing to North Americans. So, you know, I didn't want to go crazy on the garlic sauce or crazy on the spices because we really want to appeal to a larger audience here in Winnipeg. And I think we've done that with uh, the recipes at Shormagan. Now, since you were kind of planning this as your career uh, wound it down, did you ever use your teammates, maybe specifically the O-line, as your own little test kitchen? God, no. I'd go bankrupt before I even yeah. opened, man. Those guys <laughs> be like, uh, I mean, I've fed them on a few occasions since we've opened. Uh, you know, when the Stampeders came to town or I got friends on the Lions or the Alouettes or whatever, they'd all come to town and I would cover their dinners for them. And, man, they... I don't believe I used to eat that much food. So <laughs> thank God I opened the restaurants after I retired because those guys would have put me out of business. Uh, fair enough. Good choice. So maybe just explain to our listeners just what shawarma is. So shawarma is basically a Middle Eastern rotisserie. So it's, it's a pile of meat. We, we stack the meat in-house. We marinate it for 48 hours. And then my cook comes in the morning and we make these vertical spits, these vertical rotisseries. And then we put it on an open flame, and it just spins and cooks all day long. So as you come in, we shave it fresh. You know, my real thought process behind it was, you know, people want to have fresh food, and they want to have good, healthy food, right? They don't want to, you know, all this eat fresh, whether it's Subway or Freshy. You know, they say they're fresh, but mm-hmm. are they really? Everything comes vacuum-sealed and made in a factory. Uh, you know, the sauces are mass-produced. So I really wanted to make it unique, in-house. You get to see the food made in front of you. Uh, part of the experience as well, you go in, you see this big rotisserie spinning. Um, so basically we shave it off and we either put it in a wrap for you with lettuce, tomatoes, and onions, and or you get it on a plate, uh, which is, you know, fan favorite, especially for offensive linemen. It's rice, potatoes, two salads, two sauces, a pile of meat, pita chips, and, you know, you really go to town on that. Yeah, plus, I mean, cooking anything on a spit is really the best way to go. And there's just there's something magical about just shaving off like the crispy, crusty edge pieces, isn't there? I totally agree with you. I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, I'm usually the first one to get the food at eleven o'clock. Yeah. That first <laughs> cut is just to die for. So it is, and you know, the, the meat marinating also really adds a lot of flavor to it. Instead of just having like you know plain chicken mm-hmm. or beef and lamb, you know, we do have lamb on the menu, which is quite unique. So it, it, it is really something special, and it, you know, I really wanted to give value to customers. You go somewhere, you pay 10 bucks nowadays, and you get a tiny little sandwich. You pay 10 bucks at Shoma Con, and you're getting a large wrap, or you're getting a large plate with, you know, all the fixings. So, you know, to me, as an offensive, a former offensive lineman, I should say, <laughs> you know, I really wanted to add value for that money. So, you know, I think we executed that really well with Shoma Con. Now, I have to ask you, my go-to order here actually doesn't involve anything that comes off the spit, but I am a huge falafel wrap fan. I have to say, in my opinion, I think your falafels are the best in the city. 
Well, thanks, brother. I mean, I, I don't know if you're saying that because I'm talking to you now on the air. No, no. Yeah. Mean that. No, I'm not behind your back, you know, mentioned in another place. I, I, I mean, maybe, <laughs> maybe tell us the secret to the falafel, but I think it's either, yes. to, to me, what the problem is they're either crispy on the outside and dry in the middle or they're moist yeah. in the middle, but there's no crisp on the outside. Yeah, so we uh, totally agree with you uh, on the falafel aspect of it. And there's a couple of great falafel spots here in Winnipeg. Uh, but I, uh, ours got a little different spice to it. So this is something that's got a little bit more kick than your traditional just falafel. Find them to be a little bit more bland, a little more salty. We add a fair amount of kick to it. Uh, we mince in the parsley as well, which is really nice. And then we turn the fryer up, you know, pretty high to get that crispy on the outside and soft on the inside. And we make them fresh to order. So... You know, it's not like one of those places that says they're fresh waffles, but they open it out of a vacuum-sealed bag, and they pop it in a microwave, right? We make them fresh to order. We drop them in front of you, uh, and they come out steaming hot, and we put them in the wrap, and they're to die for. It's so damn good. It's it's just yeah. so good. And then yeah. part of my order, too, and I just – it's funny you mentioned it a little earlier that, that you go easy on the garlic sauce. I, I do not do that. I pretty much go through half a bottle that you have there. Actually, when we first opened it – Shomakon, our garlic sauce was too garlicky. So we had a lot of complaints from customers because the people weren't really used to it, right? I think now, eight years later, people are really craving that extra extra hint of garlic. But we do get our customers that come in and say, load up the garlic, and then we get other customers that come in and say, don't put any garlic sauce on there. My wife will kill me if I go home and smell like garlic again. Oh. So we're kind of 50-50 on that. So it's, it is a real you know special recipe that we really love, uh, and we take a lot of pride in making it. I just I just don't think there's anything such as too much garlic. So that those those kind of people upset me, but we'll we'll move on from that. Uh, <laughs> well, you're lucky you're married. You already got a lady, so you're good to go. Well, I said she, yeah, she's the garlic queen. So may, maybe it was just like meant to be that we could find a way to make work between us. The salads now, that's a big part of your menu as well. Is the tabule kind of your best seller or maybe just take us into the three salads that you offer? Yeah, so we have our, our tabbouleh salad, which is parsley-based, uh, really fresh, light salad. People, if you like parsley, you're going to love it. I personally, I don't know if I should say this, but I hate parsley. <laughs> so I actually stay away from the tabbouleh salad, but I just don't like parsley. So people really like it. It's really authentic Lebanese. That's probably our most authentic salad we have there. We have a chickpea uh, salad recipe. Uh, that one's from my sister. She helped make me make that one. So my eldest sister, Hamera. If I don't say her name, she wants her name on the menu, just like Westwood, and it's not happening. Why not? Um, well, I mean, I got enough. I got the big bird for Duck Brown. I got the seagull. You know, I got the Ralph of Khan. There's only so many guys. You know, Harris wants this. I got to put Harris on there somewhere. So uh, maybe we'll get some jets up on there one day. So it's uh, the chickpea salad is a real, real nice one. Uh, high protein, again, super fresh, light. And then a uh, new one that we added was the beets and apples. So that's a total out of left field. Uh, a cook of mine came up with the idea, said, hey, what about beets and apple? People really like beets. We can, you know, flavor it and, and make it really special. Um, so that's kind of what we've done with that. And that that's actually, I would say, probably our best-selling salad is the beet and apple hmm. one. Interesting. Yeah, I, I haven't yeah. even seen that one, to be honest, yet. Yeah, it was just we were just kind of wanting to freshen up the menu, right? Like, let's add something else to the menu. What else can we do? And beets and apple, and we tried it, and people really loved it. Uh it's a real unique salad. You know, you go to you go to a restaurant again. You know, again, you order beets. Beets are a real pain in the butt to cook. But let me tell you, you got to boil them, you got to no peel kidding. them, you got to cut them. They stain everything. Um, so if you go to your traditional restaurant, you're getting a small salad for ten, fifteen bucks. Stormacon is three ninety nine. You're getting a full salad. 
Now, let's go to the specialties here. I'm a little bummed. I mean, if your sister can get it on, I don't know if the Rewiki's going to make it onto the specialty menu, the falafel with extra garlic sauce. But is yeah, the uh, a tough one. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> is the is the Wrath of Khan, is that your go-to order? No, it's not. It's too big for me. I was going to say, I'm it's gigantic. Out here. It's, uh, I've had it, I have it every now and then, uh, but I get the mini Wrath of Khan. It's not on the menu, but it's, oh. the lar- it's too much, man. It's... It's chicken, it's beef, it's lamb, it's falafel, it's all the vegetables. Like it's a big, it's a big shawarma wrap. Uh, if I eat it, I need to take a nap. I don't know how people come in from work and they'll order it, and then they'll go to work. I, I can't do it. So it is a real top seller. People really love it. You know the novelty of the name Rafa Khan. I think adds some flavor to it. So it's it's a real real big boy. If, you, if you're hungry, try the wrap. Have you seen people finish it? I've seen people finish it regularly. Jeez. I have Dwayne Ford, um, you know him yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he eats two Rafa Cons every game day he's in town. No. Two in one sitting. I don't know how he does it, man. It's nuts. So, you know, you get the offense line, they come in there, they'll probably get two as well themselves and, and eat them. But, no, we uh, we had a contest in the beginning where if you ate two Rafa Cons with all the fixings in 10 minutes, it was free. <laughs> And you'll be amazed at how many people came in and ordered two Rastacons. We had to take it off. <laughs> Even like just the regular wraps are they're like they're no joke. And no, and so to, to double it up like that, I'm just blown away. Yeah, yeah it's uh, people love their food, man. And when it's good food and it's, and it's it's health, it's healthy. It's not like you're eating the Big Mac. It's not like you're eating yeah. the Big Mac. <laughs> so people will use that as an excuse and just scarf them down. So I always enjoy when people order the Rastacon. Uh, it's a real fun treat for me when people, you know, it, it makes me feel good. It's my name, and it's it's an idea I came up with. We're speaking with former Blue Bomber legend Aubie Khan, the owner of Shawarma Khan, Green Carrot, and Good Local. You're listening to Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. Can you tell us, I guess, just the things you had to change and, and how you've been able to adapt throughout the pandemic? What are some things that, whether it was adding it to your menu or just you know, changing up how you did things. How have you found a way to to trudge through the last couple of months? Yeah, you know, great question. I get that often from people. I think the biggest thing we did was I sat down my operations team and managers and said, hey, we got we want to stay open. We got to stay open. How can we do this? And we really looked at our systems and what we were doing as far as food costing goes, as far as labor goes. You know, we changed up a couple items on our menu to make it, you know, easier, more cost-effective with less staff and less customers coming in and still offering that freshness. So we really looked at our operations. If we dialed it back, you know, we're not doing, unfortunately, because of COVID, you know, those spits are big and they're very expensive to make. Yeah. And if you're not getting customers coming in the door, you got, you know, this $200, $300 spit rotating all day and no one's coming in um, with COVID. So we had to change up our beef lamb spit, and we actually went to a beef lamb kebab. So that is kind of more of a home recipe. Kebabs are a little bit more, this one's probably a little bit more East Indian flavored and spiced. Uh, based off of our burger, actually, during Burger Week, we took that burger patty and we made it into a kebab. But that allows us to, you know, really control our food costs because if you only have 10 customers come in a day and you're making 10 beef lamb kebabs, it's easy. But if you have a $200 spit rotating all day and only 10 customers come in, you're in trouble, right? So yeah. operationally, we were, we in the beginning, we said we really just changed something. So, you know, we did that. We looked at our salads and, you know, we said, how can we make them fresh? And we're making them a couple times throughout the day now just to manage, you know, for the flow of traffic coming in. So those things have really helped. And you know what? Winnipeg's been awesome, man. People have been ordering, skip the dishes and DoorDash and takeout like crazy. So we're one of the few, you know, I'm really lucky and blessed that 
people are still coming out and are still eating and ordering. So we've been able to manage this, you know, pandemic uh, pretty good, I think. That's awesome to hear. Great stuff. We'll uh, move yeah. over now to one of your other pet projects, uh, Green Carrot. Can you maybe just explain yeah. how you got into the juice biz? Well, you know, the juice biz is an interesting one because it was, you know, retired 310 pounds, offensive lineman. I was eating like a monster, and I really got this knack for, you know, the food service industry. So I said, you know, I really looked at what we were doing, you know, in Winnipeg and, and you know, North America as, as trends and, you know, concepts and juice bars were really big. People really want to be healthy. So I kind of dove in there a bit more and said, okay, let's actually make, uh, let's see if we can make a go of this. So we designed a lot of cold-pressed juices. The backstory of green carrot is I actually have Crohn's and colitis disease. So it's an mm. uh, inflammatory bowel disease. So I had it when I was playing football. It was well diagnosed with the bombers. And I went through some major surgeries. And I used to juice a lot at home. And uh, people were really getting into juicing health-wise. So I said, maybe I can, you know, turn this into business. And I had a lot of experience with recipes and juicing. So from there, I kind of got the ball rolling and uh, came up with a bunch of recipes and smoothies. You know, people really want healthy smoothies. Like, I think if people, if you can make it healthy and you can make it convenient and at a at a at a affordable price, people will mm-hmm. come. And we managed to do that with green carrots. Some of our smoothies are just dynamite, and our juices are super healthy. People really love them. So that was kind of that idea, and that took off on its own. So now we have three green carrots. We have three shawarma cons and. You know, looking to once this pandemic is done to hopefully open up a couple more. Right on, and then maybe move into intergalactical dominance, something like that. Once you're done with Manitoba, well, that's the plan. Yeah. yeah, we want. You know, <laughs> I, I think the next dominance would come going to you know the the green guys next door. Uh, you know, I'd love to get a couple shormas in uh, there with you know Brendan Labatt, a good buddy of mine, played at oh, the nice. here and a rider legend. So him and I have talked. Said, hey, what if I open one up there? You want to come on board? So. You know, there are talks, hopefully, to get there and, you know, maybe get into Mosaic Stadium there as well. Look, we're at Investors Group here and really build that brand and give people that option of healthy, fresh, delicious food. So I, I kind of understand, like, the whole coming up with a recipe idea for food. Is it the same with, like, juices and smoothies, or how does that work? Yeah, so that's kind of the same thing. I mean, you just do a lot of research, a lot of research, a lot yeah. of behind the scenes. Like, what do people want? What are they drinking? What are other people doing? How can we make it better? Like, you know, I'm not reinventing the wheel here with shawarma or green carrot. It's looking at what other businesses are doing and finding a way to do it better. Um, whether that means better price point, better service, better quality, you know, better recipes. Really, I think if you try our juices, you know, I'll put my juices up against any juices, <laughs> any of the billion dollar companies out there. And I really believe our juices because they're made fresh. We don't uh, we're not, we don't pasteurize them. We make them you know a couple times a week. We're bottling four, five, six hundred juices, and and people really love that. So it's it's a lot of research, a lot of testing. Let me tell you, I drank gallons and gallons and gallons of juice trying to come up with these <laughs> recipes and tweak them, um, and it was quite the experiment. You know, it's easy when you're making a apple ginger lemon juice. It's only three recipes, but when you get into a hardcore that has 12 ingredients like, you know, uh, cucumber or parsley, um, apples, uh, celery, spinach, kale, lemon, lime, ginger. When you're adding all those in there, you got to get the portions just right. So that took a long time to come up with. Were there, were there some gnarly ones in the testing process? Oh, brother, man, let me tell you, were there some gnarly ones? There were, there were a lot of gnarly ones because you don't know what it's going to taste yeah. like. like. Let me try four ounces of kale three ounces of spinach and, you know, an ounce of apple juice. And you're like, this is terrible. Um, and we threw it. We, we had a bunch of other, you know, items on the red menu that we were trying to fool around with that we just couldn't make work. So 
you know, we got our 12 staples, and, and people really love them. All right, I'll try to wrap this up quickly here. I'm sorry I'm keeping you so long. I know you're super no, no, busy I love today. It. I, love, I love talking food, man. It's my uh, passion. It's all good, brother. The black lemonade. I I mean, I've been into green carrot a bunch. I have yes. never seen this. It's activated charcoal, which I'm familiar with. I've just never seen it in like a juice or in a liquid form. Yeah, so that was another thing we experimented with, right? Like, you know, you, I follow trends and I read a lot and you see activated charcoal. People are really enjoying it and it's got a lot of really good health, uh, you know, benefits to it. It's really good for detoxifying, removing toxins from your body. Uh, in a simple juice format. So, you know, we got the activated charcoal in, you know, powder form, and we mix that with, you know, hand-pressed pomegranate juice, or not pomegranate, sorry, grapefruit, um, and it's a real, it's a real beauty. It's, you know, in the summer, it's more of a favorite because it's got that citrusy flavor to it, and it, it tastes really good. It's really good if you got a headache or if you've had a couple wobbly pops after oh, a really? game or a bomber game. Yeah, because it... The activated charcoal binds to all the really the toxins and the bad stuff in your body and flushes it out for you. So, if you uh, if you have a late night watching the Jets game or a Bombers game, uh, black lemonade will do the trick for you the next morning. Are you open Sunday mornings? For you, my friend, we, yeah. well, we are. Open, but yes, we. Are. <laughs> I was just, okay, I'm just wondering. Just for you, we are. Because I, yeah, I could switch things up to make it a Friday thing, so I can come in Saturday. But that that is an absolute game changer. It is, and people love it, and it tastes really good. You know, like I don't, yeah. I don't sell things that don't taste good. People <laughs> aren't going to buy them, so uh, I'm in the business of you know getting people to come back. So it's it's a it's a big one. It looks really cool too. It's it's a fun drink, and it's it's got health benefits to it. Now, my family is actually a really big fan of your cleanse packages. We've, we've done them a couple times. I survived, so anybody can get through it. But is, yeah. is that something that you – did you plan on doing that at the start, or did that just kind of come about eventually? Well, it was always on the radar, like, of things we wanted to do. Um, we didn't launch with it, but we launched shortly afterwards with it. And, yeah, cleansing is really – it's a really, really good way to kickstart your health system, your, your health routine, your, you know – got a lot of benefits to it you know there are people with naysayers on cleansing this and the way i say it is look you're drinking juices for three days packed with vitamins minerals mm-hmm. and nutrients there's nothing that's going to go wrong here you're just going to overload your body with nutrients you're going to flush out everything that's in your digestive tract all those kit kats and chips and pizza <laughs> and hot dogs you've eaten uh the jets dog you know that stuff's coming out of you in three days because you're not eating any fiber on the juice cleanse. It's just pure juice. So you flush out your body, you overload it with nutrients, and then once you're done, you feel fantastic. Like, you've done it. Um, your energy level on day three, four, five is unbelievable. You feel fantastic because you got rid totally. of all of the crap literally inside of you is flushed out of your system. So you're just getting that much more nutrients from everything you eat now. Yeah, it, yeah. for those, like, if you're at all hesitant it's it's like a total reset and you and, and flushing yep. it all out that's the perfect description like you just you feel almost like a new person by the time the third day wraps up and they are really good like even like the the hardcore green ones are actually pretty tasty they are they're they're tasty and they're, and they're really uh and they're really healthy like they're they're tasty they're healthy they're doing their job and and you we make it easy for you you just drink it you just come in <laughs> Give me your money. I'll gladly take your money, uh, and I will gladly press these juices for you, and we'll even deliver them for you. We're offering free delivery oh, nice. now because people want to stay. People want to stay home, so let us deliver it to you for free. Now, speaking of delivery and, and free, you uh, just started a new company again, number three here. Can you explain Good Local? 
Yeah, because I'm not busy enough, yeah. right? So, <laughs> you know, this idea was really born out of the pandemic. It was, as a small business owner, I had to shut down a couple in the beginning. And, uh, you know, I was sitting there talking to a buddy of mine, Ali, who started the company with me. and said, man, there's a lot of businesses just getting killed right now. People must have, you know, tens of thousands of dollars of inventory sitting in their garages or the basements or their stores are closed. How can we help move these products? So after, you know, tons of discussions, we said, what if we made an online platform where everything good and everything local was able to be purchased, but not only purchased, we'll deliver it to you, right? So you can really stay at home and stay safe. So there's a lot of platforms out there where you can buy stuff, right? You can go to online, you can buy local, but then how do you get that product to your house? A lot of the small businesses end up paying $10, $15 delivery on a $20 product. They're not making money, right? So mm-hmm. people want to support local, but the money's not going to local. It's going to the post office or it's going to the you know whatever else there is out there. So we said... What if we can package everything, deliver it to you, make this platform, and it's really taken off. We have almost 400 vendors on there. We're finding that 95% of the customers that order from us are ordering three or more uh, from three or more businesses. So they're really supporting local, right? So they're buying a mm-hmm. candle from Colin Canary. They're buying some churros from the churro shop, and they're buying a necklace from Jillian Lee, and they're buying, you know, our garlic sauce is on there now for Shormacon. We finally got that yes. on there. So they're getting this package delivered to their house, very much like Amazon, but it's all local. It's such a great idea, and it's it's such a good cause. And and anybody wondering too, with the uh, the latest holiday coming up, you have a shop Valentine's tab out there to help you out as well. Uh, but it's, we do. We made it easy for guys yeah. like us, man. We made it super <laughs> easy. We we curated these beautiful boxes at a great price. We got a lot of great vendors on there, and literally, it's it's super simple. You just go on there, click it. We got great stuff in there. We got lots of different. We got craft beer on there now. We're launching our local uh, wineries. There are going to be some wine companies going to be coming on board soon. So you know, you can really support local in this local ecosystem. And I'm a real big pusher mm-hmm. in this because uh, you know this is my pitch. Now I'm going to say it is. You know, we as consumers really need to think where we're spending our money because when you spend a dollar on Amazon or a dollar at Costco or Walmart, that dollar leaves our local ecosystem. It's gone. So people, businesses aren't using that money at the movie theater while movies are closed now. They're not using it at restaurants. They're not using it at the events or games or, or, or going out at night. That money is gone from our system. And if we keep eroding our local ecosystem, we're going to be in a lot more trouble than just this pandemic in a couple of years. Preach. Preach. That's yeah, right on, man. Well, we'll we'll leave it with that because I don't know if I can top that one. But we'll 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 do one quick question, the same one that we end all our interviews here with. By the way, thanks so much for taking the time to join me. I know you're super busy. Hey, all good. Anything for the media? Listen, I'll drop everything yeah. for you guys. <laughs> I'm sure. So especially with the Super Bowl coming up and and Jet season fully underway right now. If you had to pick one menu item. Whether it's the shawarma con, the green carrot, maybe a combo of both, what would be the Obicon game day menu item of choice? Oh, that's a no-brainer. I love the new kebabs we got. I eat those things twice a day. So I would I would get a beef lamb kebab. It's actually called the kebabi wrap. Um, it's actually a little secret. It's not really on the menu. It's a sleeper item. Ooh. It's our new Middle Eastern coleslaw we made with the kebabs, uh, some peppers, uh, pickles, and just the sauces, and that's it. So it's a delicious. I'll, I will actually eat two of those in the sitting. They're that good, and they're not massive. So I get the kebabi for sure. Um, the Super Bowl's on Sunday, though, so we're closed. I might have to find something else now that you got me thinking. I don't know what I'm going to do now. <laughs> 
Yeah, for Bombers game days, it's it's a no-brainer. Uh, Bomber game days, we're at the stadium, so we have three right, at yep. the, uh, three Shwamakans there, and Rasukhan is by far the fan favorite. We sell hundreds of those a game. People just love them at a Bomber game. Nothing better than eating a shawarma and watching a game. Right on, man. Well, hey, thanks so much for again for taking the time to join me today. This was an absolute blast and. All the best in the new year with all three of your places. And for those that maybe haven't heard yet, check out Good Local as well. And, Aubie, can you maybe explain a little more where people can find that and then just anything else they need to know about shawarma, green carrot, or Good Local? Yeah, thanks, brother. Well, I mean, all these on social media. We're everywhere out there. So ShawarmaCon or Green Carrot. Uh, GoodLocal.ca is the easiest way to go to. Just go to GoodLocal.ca. We tried to make it as user-friendly as possible. So within five minutes, you can pick your items, hit the checkout button, save your credit card, and we'll drop it off to your house on Friday. It's that easy. So goodlocal.ca, get out there, support local, buy a gift for your girl or your boy or you know your mom or, or anyone, <laughs> and uh, really support local because the money's going back to the vendors here. So it's a real, real, real uh, good little thing there that we can support locally here during these tough times. Awesome. Thanks again so much, Avi. Thanks, brother. Uh, hey, you know what? I'll, if this if this gets a million views or a million listens, we'll get we'll get that rookie uh, Ross on the menu soon. Well, let's make it happen then, everyone. <laughs> Amen, brother. Thank you. A great talk there with former Blue Bomber legend Avi Khan. Taking the time to join us, we really appreciate it. And get out there, find a way. Hey, you can make it. You can make a weekend out of it. Actually, you know, grab a wrap from Shawarma Khan. Grab a juice from Green Carrot and then, hey, maybe pick something nice out on Good Local for Valentine's Day. Help your partner out. Help yourself out. And away you go. It's it's that easy. Well, that does it for another episode here. Thanks for tuning in once again, everybody. I really appreciate it. On Tuesday's episode, we're going to dive into one last Jets game against the Flames. The finale of their four-game set. The latest around the hockey club as well will break down. Who knows? Maybe Paul Maurice has another meltdown in front of the media. We'll get into all of that. And then later on in the week, a great conversation about a great restaurant here in the city. If you haven't heard of Feast Cafe Bistro and some of the great food that Chris is churning out there, a great story as well on top of it. We got that coming for you. That's in Friday's episode. And then Tuesday, hey, maybe we'll even break down some of the big game on Sunday night, Kansas City, Tampa Bay. Enjoy the Super Bowl festivities. Be safe, but have some great eats for it. Have a great time as well. And hey, if you get a little too into it and you you need to pick me up come Monday morning, remember some black lemonade from Green Carrot here in Winnipeg. They got you covered. They're going to get you through the day. But again, thank you so much for listening to Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. Peace.